Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tickle it, hammer it, whatever you feel like doing to it. Just make sure you press it and uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, don't forget I'm on YouTube. And again, just go to YouTube, search DeHuff Uncensored and hit that subscribe button. I feel like complete garbage today. So I'm just really just pumping this one out. And it's all encouraged and propped up by you guys. A lot of you guys on social media have helped me out today because I just need the extra help. So I asked you guys some for some random topics. And again, you guys knocked it out of the park. So let's get to it. We're going to open the mailbag. And by the way, I have tried to do this episode like three times, but my daughter is homesick too. And she's just like, daddy, she's horrible. She's sick. Anyway, I'm sure any of you out there that have kids know what I'm talking about. There's at least one kid. If you have multiple kids that just are horrible when they're sick, that's my daughter. The world has ended. Okay. And it revolves around her. So this is very troubling for her. Anyway, let's dive into the mailbag. (laughs) This one comes in from Joe. How can fans afford to get drunk at sporting events on $14 drinks? It's a great question. Joe, and what's what's fascinating, and we've discussed this before, Mercedes-Benz Center, our stadium in Atlanta, as well as some other stadiums now across the NFL, have lowered their concession prices to, like, beers are only like five bucks now. Something like that. Even in Power Field, where the Broncos play, I want to say the average beer is right around seven fifty. That's according to multiple websites. I assume that that's accurate. Still somewhat expensive, but nowhere near like the 14, the double digits. Let's just say that. Double digit beer is horrible. It's annoying as shit. And especially when you find out that for the average beer, it costs them right around $1. That's it. $1 that they get it at. So they're making a shit ton of profit on on that. So that's that's the thing that's really annoying. But what's funny is like Mercedes-Benz Center as as well as where the Lions play, I can't think of the stadiums. My I my brain is all foggy right now. But anyway, there's multiple teams across the NFL that have dropped the prices and they're right around 5 bucks and they're seeing actually more profits for when they cut the prices. So why all the stadiums and arenas haven't done it yet is is beyond me. I mean, what, what are you waiting for? An engraved invitation to, to cut the prices? Everybody else is realizing, shit, we cut the prices on the beer and the hot dogs and all this shit, and people actually end up buying more, and you make more money. It's, it's mind-blowing. Mercedes-Benz Center, when they did it, they were the pioneers. They were the front runners on this one. They did it, and they were just shocked about how much more money they were making on concessions because people didn't want to spend, you know, 14 bucks on one beer. But when beer prices get slashed to about five bucks each you're you're like, shit, man, I'll buy four of them. And, and like, like I said, if they're getting it at whole for right around a dollar, a beer, Man, they're they're still making a shit ton of money. So it's it's fascinating that there's still arenas and stadiums out there that are overcharging. I get in a sense why they're doing it. And it's because they don't want fans to get out of hand, I guess is what they're probably gonna lean on. We we don't need a rowdy crowd. 
Well, guess what? Here's a way to get around it. One, you get liquored up before you go to the game. That's that's the easy way to do it. Or you go with some rich friends, and then you just go, oh, darn it, I must have left my my wallet with my credit cards in um uh uh, uh in the car. <laughs> ah, darn it. That's what I would do. Honestly, that's what I would do. Or like when I used to go out with the guys, like with Hastings or uh, Mark Schlereth, I just try to I'd reach slowly reach for my wallet, then like make eye contact with the the you know the wealthier of the individuals, and just be like try to give them puppy dog eyes, and just be like, but I'm too poor for a beer, and then they'd buy it for me. They'd be like classic Dove, okay, going slowly towards that wallet. That's what I would do. There's multiple ways around this, but hopefully one of these days, all the arenas and stadiums will take note and go, well, let's make the let's make the fans happy and cut concessions. Because the stadiums and arenas that are cutting concessions are actually making more money. And the fans are so much more happy because they're drunk as fuck uh, because they don't have to spend as much money. Uh, so, uh, Joe, I hope I hope that they start doing that more and more across all the leagues and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. This one comes in. I don't know who this this I don't know who this came in from. Uh, why are people bagging on Rob Walton as a potential new owner for the Denver Broncos? Well, Rob Walton's the guy that the heir to the the Walmart, you know, fortune. He's worth like seventy billion dollars. So if he buys the Broncos at like $4 billion, I mean, that's just like pocket change to him, which is insane to think about. But I don't really see a good argument against him other than be like, oh, fucking Walmart. My mom's that way. She's just like, well, if he does, if he runs the Broncos like he does. Wait, that's not how she sounds. Well, if he runs the Broncos like he, like he does his Walmart stores, we're in for a whole heap of trouble. That's not what she sounds like, but it'd be funny if she did. But listen, I know people that work for Walmart. They like Walmart. Walmart's not as bad as the the picture that the mainstream media paints, okay? I don't actually work for them, but I know people that do and they it's it's just like any other company. Okay? They're the the Waltons and whoever the fuck else owns the the Walmart stores. They make a lot of money. Yes, they do. Okay. If if somehow Walton comes in here and doesn't spend money on the Broncos, I'd be very shocked. He's going to come in here if he indeed buys the Broncos and he's going to put money where it belongs and he's going to get the right people in the right places. So it's a successful, yeah, guys, a successful business for him. Okay. He's not going to invest in the Broncos and become an owner of the Broncos and just tank it. No, it's not going to happen that way. I know that that's the popular choice to lean on is, oh, we don't want him to come in here. And, you know, next thing you know, we got people in their underwear and, you know, wearing flip flops going to Bronco games. We don't need that. It's not going to be like a Walmart in the middle of the night, which, by the way, you go to any store in the middle of the night. And there's some weird motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't like going to the stores in the middle of the night. Go in the day where the normal people shop, okay? There are weird people that shop at Walmart. It, you always see that, that there's like a hashtag or 
websites that people of Walmart. That's not, it, it just has that, that nasty stigma to it. But here's the thing. Ultimately, Walmart is a powerhouse across the globe. So why wouldn't you want that part of the Denver Broncos? I think we're overthinking it. We're also thinking about something that we have no fucking clue how it works. There are so many people that think, oh, well, I shop at Walmart, so I know how the fuck it works. Uh, do you, though? No. I have no fucking clue how that shit works. Do you think Rob Walton's going to invest in the Denver Broncos, buy the Denver Broncos, and just let it go to crap? No. No, he's not. Come on, man. Jeez, it's going to be a great move for the Denver Broncos if Rob Walton buys the Denver Broncos. It's going to be great if he buys them. I think we're overthinking it. We're also we're dipping our toe into the wrong end of the pool because we have no idea what's going on. We need to stay in the shallow end, okay? Let the big boys that know how to run businesses like that, that big of a business. There's difference between, listen, I own DeHuff Studios LLC. I do. I do. I own it. But that doesn't mean I know how to run a fucking million, billion dollar company. No, it doesn't. Well, I'll let them do that. I think it's going to be a, if he ends up buying it, it'll be a good thing. At the end of the day, all that he has to do is spend money where it needs to be spent and get the right people in place so that the Broncos can be successful. That's it. That's all he has to do. Does, he doesn't need to be there every single fucking day. No, he doesn't. He just needs to get the right people in place. And right now with George Payton at the helm as GM, I think it's going to be a very easy transition for whoever ends up buying the Denver Broncos because George Payton seems like he's got his head on straight and he knows where the fuck to go as far as personnel. I mean, bring in Russell Wilson. That's a big win. On paper, as of right now, things are looking really fucking good for George Payton and the Denver Broncos. So I believe that Rob Walton would be a great fit for the Denver Broncos. Prove me wrong. Send me an, uh, an email to huffuncensored at gmail.com. If you think I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong and tell me why I'm wrong. Because I'd like to know. Your voice can be heard. That's fine. Don wrote in, do the Nuggets have what it takes to go to the championship this year? <sighs> no, they don't. And I'm basing that off of one game that I've been able to watch. And that was when I went to Blake Street Tavern the other night. And I was hanging out with the guys from Mile High Sports. They were doing a watch party. So, by the way, keep po posted. I'll try to let you know whenever they're going to do a, another watch party for whether it's the Avalanche or Nuggets. And even the Broncos, they're going to be hanging out at Blake Street Tavern. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, based on the one game I watched because I have Comcast, so I'm not able to watch any of the other games. But I was able to watch this one, the playoff game, the very first one against the Warriors, and they look like shit and very disorganized. I feel like Michael Malone just isn't adjusting when he needs to adjust. One of the great things I remember about Mike Shanahan when he was coaching the Denver Broncos, you could be struggling in the first half as the team, as far as the Denver Broncos go. Come halftime, he would make proper adjustments and then come out and things would be fixed 
and they'd go on to win the game. I don't see that based on what little bit of knowledge I have of the Denver Nuggets. They were struggling in the first half. They didn't make any adjustments, and they just continued to just suck. Okay? So I don't see that happening unless Michael Malone changes his game plan and realizes, like, guys, you got to – sometimes you just got to hit the emergency brake and then go a different direction. Again, I'm basing that off of one fucking game. But I just don't see it. Especially when you see you got – Jokic is like their main guy now. That's it. I mean, one guy can't carry the load all the way. I mean, I guess he technically could. But I just don't see it happening. I would like to be wrong. I will tell you this, what happened, though. So I'm at Blake Street Tavern watching the game with with everybody from Mile High Sports. Ryan Blackburn, who does an amazing podcast, with Mile High Sports, also works for Denver Stiffs. He insulted me. Like, this is like the first time I think we've actually ever met face-to-face. So I'm talking to him. I'm like, he's excited because, like, you know, I'm a fan of his work. He does a great job writing. He does an amazing podcast. And this is what he says to me. He's like, uh, tough. I know you. <laughs> Man, I've been listening to you ever since I was like nine or ten. And I look at him, I'm like, well, fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> Jeez. Nine or ten. Eat shit, Ryan. <laughs> I'm not that old. Really? Nine or ten? Fuck, man. I guess that makes sense. I was, I was at the fan for about, what was it, just about 18 years. So I guess that makes sense. But fuck you. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Oh, you young whippersnapper, go eat a bag of dicks, Ryan, you son of a bitch. No, Ryan does a good job. Go check him out on social media. Ryan Blackburn uh, always does a good job. An amazing podcast as well under the Mile High Sports Network. Just go to milehighsports.com and you can find their podcast. There's a lot of great podcasts um, under our umbrella for Mile High Sports. This one included, so... I have some shocking news in regards to some local media members. Yeah, we're going to take them all down, every single one that I used to work with, okay? That's coming up next, but first, everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, they're amazing. I say it every podcast because it's true. They have an incredible selection of beer, wine, spirits, but they also deliver, and they also do curbside pickup. That's available for you. Yeah, they also do online wine education classes, which I need to sign up for because I just don't know squat about wine. But uh, so go stop by on 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. Or you can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Again, that's TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern, with today's mental health tip. Sports fans, don't just sit there waiting for Jeff Bezos to fly into town on a silly rocket ship and save the men of orange. I love the smell of a prime deal in the morning. Get down to Lodo and check out the Blake Street Tavern, Denver's premier hoops hangout. We have the NBA League Pass, featuring every NBA game all season long, and we'll have Nuggets games sound on every night. No wonder the Joker says this is a great country. It's the Blake Street Tavern at Park and Blake, where Denver watches sports. 
This one comes in from Doug DeHoff. Who has been your biggest radio influence? That's a good question because I've worked with a lot of guys and, and ladies in Denver media for, oh shit, I was just saying, what, just about 18 years. And I've known a lot of great people. Uh, I have a lot of respect for a lot of people. But probably the one name, and I feel like because of the time frame, I haven't been giving this guy enough credit. I haven't because recently, more recently, I've worked with Mike Evans and and Mark Schlereth. And those are great talents here in, in Colorado. But my biggest influence has been Scott Hastings. And it's funny because... I was sitting back when I saw this question. I started thinking about it. Nobody was calling me DeHuff until I worked with Scott Hastings and Alfred Williams. And if you ever heard the show Scott and Al, where it was Scott Hastings and Alfred Williams, the complete chaos and craziness that that show was, they're the ones that started calling me by my last name, which I believe I have a good last name. It's one of those names where you can say it and, yeah, it just stands out. Duff. And what's funny, the reason why they started calling me that is because Alfred didn't like the fact that there was two Scots. He's also, I'm going to start calling you Duff. And I'm like, okay. And I don't, I don't think he even knew what my last name was. He's like, what's your last name? And I told him, he's like, okay, that's a good, good last name. I'm going to start calling you Duff. Okay. But here's what's funny. My last name is actually pronounced Dehuff, or at least a lot of people in my family say it that way. European inflection, I believe it is more of da huff. So that's what I go with, da huff. It's just easier. Anyway, so that's that's how it started. So I was working with Hastings and Alfred, and that, that's why people started calling me da huff. And then what's interesting, too, is like Scotty, he taught me a lot about comedy on radio and how it works because I had no idea. And he would just break it down for me, just the the guts and how comedy bits are supposed to work. You never want to overdo it. Meanwhile, we'd butt heads with our program director who would want to overdo a bit. I used to do a thing where I pretended to be in a helicopter, the Copter 950 or Copter 104.3 when we switched to 104.3, the fan. And I'd pretend to be up in a helicopter over the Denver metro area and spying on the Broncos and stupid shit like that. And I'd have sound effects. I even armed it with some like torpedo, not torpedoes, like missiles and shit like that. It was just dumb, <laughs> dumb. But we'd goof around with that. But I remember our boss, he loved it so much. He's like, we're going to do the whole next two segments on it. We're like, fuck, man, really? You just can't do that. It's just too much. But like Hastings would always tell me, just like, you know, you got like jokes of three, you know, you kind of like when you do a bit, you want to have like two minor jokes. And then the third one is is the final, the finale. You want you don't ever want to go more than a minute on most bits. So, you know, you're quick and shit like that. So it was just interesting. Hastings was a huge influence on me on the comedy side of radio. And he doesn't get enough credit for that. I was re I was talking to Scotty today, actually because of this question. And I was just like, I need to get him on. I want to interview him. So he's hopefully going to come on 
possibly next episode. I just ordered a new camera for my computer so I can get it looking good when I interview people. Uh, so hopefully we'll get Hastings on within the next episode or two. I'd love to one. I just want to get his his evolution through sports and and radio, all that, and TV. I mean, I think he's just a fascinating guy. Plus, he's just silly and weird, and I like that. I like that. So we'll we'll get in, uh, more on Hastings here hopefully soon. So stay tuned to that. Uh, this one comes in from Steve. Of all the guys at 104.3 The Fan, who could you beat up? That's a great question, and I think about it quite often. I do, Steve. Uh, let's go through the lineup real quick. Talking about Mark Schlereth or Stink, whatever you want to call him. Here's the thing with Stink. If you want to beat him up, just kick him in the knees. Boom, he's done. Got it. Let's move on to the next guy. Yeah, sorry, Schlereth. That's it. That's how you take him down. Mike Evans. How do you beat Mike Evans? You present him with a bouquet of assorted meats. Okay, boom, he's done. He's just going to be sitting there just salivating and munching on these meats. That's easy. Mike's an easy guy. You know, he's just eating meat and then you just push him down and he just curls up in a ball and continues to eat. Mike loves the meat. He does. Chad Brown and Nate Jackson, they frighten me, actually. They're very spry, some might say. So I lose that one. Okay. Plus, all Chad Brown would have to do is bring a snake to the to the fight, and then I'd just be pissing my pants. Okay. Listen, I love Chad. He scares me with those snakes. He's just so calm and collected when it comes to snakes. So no, I don't win to to Chad Brown or Nate Jackson. They they would beat me up very easily. Brandon Stokely. I'd pretend to get a phone call from Peyton Manning and then say. Peyton is asking me to tell you that he wants to see other people and you're breaking up. Okay. Boom. Stokes heart. Yeah. It's broken into a million pieces. Boom. I win. Okay. There you go. Stokely. Very easy. Now, Zach by though, I offer him a coffee. Okay. Cause he loves coffee. You always making bets on, uh, I bet you a coffee that, I, uh, you know, this is going to happen. <laughs> Boom. You're right. Stoke. That's my impression of Zach. Sounds nothing like him. So I offer him a coffee. He takes a sip. Then, boom, he proceeds to break my face. I lose, okay? I'm not going to say I'm going to beat up Zach Pye. No, I can't. He's a lot bigger than me. He's very smart. Very frightening. Tyler Columbus. Here's a good one. I walk up slowly, and I open my hand. I have a wide arrangement of shiny objects in my hand. He's distracted. I then continuously kick him in the knees. I win. Boom, Tyler. Tyler sees shiny. Ooh. Ah! I win. Yes, all, he gets distracted by shiny objects. It's fine. DMAC. I tell him I agree with his stance on drafting a quarterback. He can't believe it. Nobody has ever agreed with DMAC. His brain just begins to swell and pop. His brain explodes. I win. Right? Okay. Nobody's ever agreed with DMAC. It would just make his brain just pop, blow up like a goddamn zit. (laughs) 
Cecil Lammy and Nick Ferguson. I tell them that there's a comic book slash nerd convention 10 blocks away. As they start walking away towards the, they're probably running, let's be honest. They're like, oh my God, let's talk about Star Wars, <laughs> Marvel, DC, Ooh, who's the best? Then I trip them as they're running towards that, and then I win, okay? Uh, Sandy Clough, I spill a box of 100-count toothpicks on the ground, but prior to that, I secretly remove three of them. Sandy will be so upset that he can't find the missing three that he just stays there and sits on the ground, crisscross applesauce. (laughs) I win as I hit my boom. Sean Drotar, I tell him that his first name is spelled incorrectly. He then begins to go on a long-winded discussion about the origins of the name Sean. He then bores himself to sleep, and then I win. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that, (laughs) That didn't go the way you guys thought it would, did it? No way. Oh, that's funny. I don't know who PJ wrote in on Twitter What are all the dudes bitching about that needs to stop? I'll tell you one thing, PJ. Like, I I tweeted out a picture of um, Natalie Portman as Thor. She's the new Thor. It's kind of this changeover between Chris Hemsworth and then her. She's now going to be the new Thor. And I guarantee you, despite what comic books have done over the years and whatnot, their guys are going to bitch and complain. Be like, oh, Thor's a goddamn man. Thor needs a cock, not a vagina. Okay? Shut up. Jesus. Remember Captain Marvel? Everybody freaked out because, like, Captain Marvel's a guy. Goddamn uh, Brie Larson. She should, she should not be Captain Marvel. Bullshit. Shut up. My God. Fucking. <laughs> what are you afraid of? Who gives a shit? Stories change. I hate that. People are always going to bitch about that. I am excited, though, by the way. The new Batman is on HBO Max. We have HBO Max. Somehow my wife gets HBO at a really good price. Anytime she calls Comcast and says, well, we're going to leave, they're like, oh, shit, what what can we do to keep you? And then they give us, like, HBO Max for, like, you know, a year or some shit. But if I ever do it, they'll be like, and I'll be like, well, we're going to leave. We're going to go sign up with whatever. And they're like, fine, go ahead. I'm like, shit. Brandy, call them back. <laughs> they, they like, call my bluff every time. Anyway, so I'm excited to watch that. That should be fun. Uh, Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. I've heard it's great. I can't wait to see it. It should be good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for, you know, potentially uh, hooking up with Scott Hastings on this podcast. That should be fun. I got the one-year anniversary or the podiversary coming up here in in the next episode should be be that one to celebrate the one year of DeHuff Uncensored. I didn't know last year at this time. Last year at this time, actually I did. At this time, I had quit two days prior. Uh, from the fan. So I, I moved quickly to get a promo ready and and helped get it on a platform. So I had a promo running at this time saying that the Huff Uncensored was coming. 
and I was truly going to be uncensored. All the characters are going to be here. And so I got Cowboy DeHuff talking about, my God, I am all balls in these chains. And, you know, Connery talking about banging somebody's mother. Classic. You know, stuff like that. Like, I knew it, I was just on the verge of getting the first episode out a year ago as, a, as I speak now. So that's exciting that here I am celebrating one year. I'm. If you guys have anything that you want me to discuss, any questions that you want to want me to hit on, maybe you missed some of the episodes prior where I discussed certain things. That's fine. We can re rehash some things. I don't mind. It's going to be exciting. And if I get Hastings on for that episode, he can answer some of those questions as well. So just to huff on censored at gmail.com. So I can't wait for that. I truly appreciate each and every one of you guys. I, I, I just, I look at the numbers and I see that it's growing. The podcast is continuing to grow and that's all that I can ask for. I am so excited every time I run into, I ran into some fans of the podcast over uh, at Blake Street Tavern and that was just neat. And like people just kind of gushing over the fact that they're like, I, I love you and what you bring. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, I, just to hear that from people just means the world to me. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you that listen. If you're a dick to me, fuck off. <laughs> and I like, I like that I'm in a position now where if somebody's a dick to me, I can call them a dick. Whereas when, you know, just over a year ago, when I worked for the other company, I wasn't allowed to speak my truth. So I love the fact that I listen, that doesn't happen very often at all that somebody's negative towards me. It happens. I just usually just ignore them. But I really appreciate all of you guys. You're you're supporting me and you guys make me feel good. And hopefully I return the favor with some sort of comedic relief for you guys and, and you can smile as you listen to this podcast i truly truly appreciate each and every one of you uh if you haven't done so go ahead and click on that subscribe button share it with your friends if you're able let's get this thing to be a monster in this year of 2022 in year two of the hump uncensored let's see if we can double quadruple the the, the numbers because everybody that i've listen or talk to that are just like i didn't know you had a podcast then i found it and then it's just like i can't get enough of it and i'm like that's cool i love that i really appreciate that so thank you guys make sure again when i say share it with your friends hey do it and they're gonna love it hopefully unless they're fucked up in the head yeah let's be honest then they shouldn't be your friends they shouldn't be let me be that weird voice in your head said don't be friends with them Anyway, it's okay to be weird. I'm weird and rambling right now because I feel like shit. <laughs> I, am, I probably have a fever. Papa, is that you? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I forgot to tell you guys something. Shit. I don't know if I should tell you now. I almost did an episode. I was feeling like shit, and I almost did it. You know what? I'm going to do a bonus episode here in a second. I'm going to... Stop, hit record, stop, 
recording on this one, and I'm going to do a bonus episode. You're welcome. There, I just decided to do it. You're welcome. It's the Huff Uncensored. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to it. And thanks to Blake Street Tavern. Go check them out at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Also, Total Beverage. Go to TotalBev.com. Next episode's coming up here in a few seconds for me. For me, I'm going to just, I'm not even going to fucking prep for it. I'm just going to go shoot from the hip. It's going to be crazy. Crazy. We'll see what happens. It's the Huff Uncensored. We'll talk to you guys next time.